0: What up, what up, Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hope you guys are doing excellent and taking care of yourselves. Yes, we have the crazy alien baby, we've got everything Zen Bigfoot hanging out with us today, and we've got the dead alien kitty right here. Yes, and we are going to discuss an amazing story about a man who developed the naval uh, spaceships. For the secret space program. Now, you might say, why would a naval craftsman, a naval draftsman, a naval architect of of ships for the water have anything to do with space? Well, they identified him at a very early age as being one of the best uh, architects of ships. Period. So we're going to talk about William Tompkins. Uh, you may or may not have heard of him. He's kind of been in and out, but of UFO legend and more, but you know, honestly, I haven't gotten too depth into him. I've never done a podcast about him. So I wanted to do one today. He actually talks about, um, how he developed the ships, what they look like. He actually has some drawings of, of some of them that the, he did. And then, um, what those particular crafts actually performed and, and what their, their, uh, duties were. So his story actually goes back a hundred years ago. He was born a hundred years ago. He actually died in 2017, unfortunately, um, but he lived a long and very, very interesting life. So you know, you've got to give him credit for that. So he actually was part of World War II. Uh, World War II uh, <clears throat> started when he was about 16, and then went all the way till he was about 21, looks like. So he was he was around during that time. He learned a lot through th- living through World War II, and then he decided to join the Navy and was sworn in as a third class seaman and was soon assigned to Naval Intelligence, gaining a top secret Q clearance. In 1945, Tompkins was in the Navy, and Project Rand Think Tank was created at Douglas Aircraft, um, which he was a part of. You know, those think tanks, man. They have everything. Everything you could want to know about, like all the secret stuff, they got it. So, <clears throat> in 1945, he decided to work. He, he signed up to work for them, and then in 1947 to 1949, his dad insisted that he resign so he could he could he could go work for him, which is interesting. He uh, he was selling real silk hosiery door to door. He stated he stated I hated it. And he ultimately went back to work at Northrop Grumman, military contractor with all the great weapons. In 1949, he got a job at Lockheed uh, in Burbank. So he was hired by Douglas Aircraft Company in Santa Monica in 50 and 51, and he was assigned to the engineering department as a draftsman because of his secret clearance with the Navy. Now, here's where it gets interesting, because he works for them for about 20 years And then from 85 to 99, Tompkins led a special project projects involving extraterrestrial life and extraterrestrial technology for the U.S. Navy League. Now, I haven't heard of the League, Um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. But anyway, yeah, that's what I've heard about. So um, let's keep going here. So, uh. The government and the navy actually determined that he had a high skill um, in development and in drafting of craft. Uh, public tours of the navy aircraft carriers, battleship, cruisers, destroyers uh, that his father took him on basically got him noticed by the navy. Um, the public was not allowed to take photos of ships where the gun placements were and things like that. But Tompkins says he walked all around the ships, took notes of what he observed and soon began reproducing scaled models. So he developed like miniature models at home and he continued to build and build and build and draft and draft and draft different ideas, different modalities for creating these ships and how they could, um, you know, flawlessly, uh, be designed and be accurate in battle. Um, so he at 17, there's a photo in the evening outlook newspaper of him um, showing the Navy captain 50 plus model ships that he started building at the age of nine. The Rear Admiral C.A. Blakely was quoted in the article as saying, It is with considerable interest and pleasure, together with the office officers of my staff, staff, we examined several of the ship models. Keep in mind, this attention was taking place only a few months before the Pearl Harbor attack, and a short time uh, before his collection of models was first displayed in a Broadway department store in Hollywood, California. Pretty interesting stuff. So, how did he get into naval intelligence? He actually was part of a program that had to deliver secret documents from the Nazi spy program to other intelligence officers. Tompkins had the intriguing assignment of transporting spy intelligence stolen from Nazi Germany his job was to assist Admiral Bada by physically taking these briefing packages created during the covert program uh, programs to organizations and Tompkins did this approximately twenty or twelve hundred times uh, of delivering these documents. Um, even more provocative uh, was the content of the intelligence he was given a special project assignment and sent to a number of aeronautic companies who were contracted to develop secret space program technology. See, you get your foot in the door, and then you can start working on some of the craft. So, in 1945, Project RAND was set up as a way-above-top-secret scientific think tank. RAND was a highly classified scientific research program which considered literally thousands of problems in various fields, and many related to addressing the technological threats posed by aliens and considered to be thousands of years more advanced than our own technologies—that's got to make you feel good, doesn't it? So, <clears throat> 1942, the world's exactly right in the middle of World War II. Hitler and Stalin were commanding enemies, uh, armies—I should say—well, <laughs> they were our enemies—engaged uh, in long battles and, and high fatalities. But meanwhile, Tompkins is showing off his stuff to the Navy. He's working for the Navy. He's, he's getting into this think tank in the 1950s. Um, his boss actually transferred him over to become part of this program. Uh, Tompkins described being dropped into this tank, wondering what a kid like me would do in a think tank. I certainly wasn't qualified for the job. I was just a draftsman, some sort of military pawn. But his bosses knew that he could do the job. They knew because they had mon- mo- been monitoring him. So he eventually ended up working for Douglas in a think tank with reverse engineering extraterrestrial communication systems. During the war the US forces captured several highly advanced Nazi facilities and assets which were being taken apart in an effort to discover how they worked. Here's the thing, when they went to Nazi Germany They discovered that there were hundreds of craft that were actually in Germany. This is part and and along the same lines that uh, Richard Kramer, Kramer, Randy Kramer has talked about many, many times where there are Mars Germans. They developed a breakaway civilization, went all the way to Mars. They're working with the reptilians. So this is the really interesting part is that they found a lot of these craft. These craft were tens of stories tall, um, different, different types of craft. So what he did, they did, is they took these craft, they started to work on reverse engineering them, and then Tompkins' job was to develop their own craft, use this use the technology from some of these craft that they found and the alien craft that they they found during the war, and then develop our own crafts. So that's exactly what his job was. Since he was a draft draftsman, since he was trusted in the higher ups, uh, in, in in within the military intelligence community he was trusted to, to deliver all this Nazi intelligence, they decided to give him a shot. So, key points from Tompkins' testimony, he stated the Nazi Germans had ET connections, UFOs, and other advanced technology. They had UFOs during the war, bullet point. Up until World War II, the Germans were the only major nation that had in-depth knowledge of extraterrestrials. The Germans. That's, I, that's why I think the Germans were so far ahead of a lot of... Uh, Nations were the fact that they had and were willing to buddy up with these different extraterrestrial civilizations. And I think they pushed Hitler to to basically push his agenda and that Hitler was like, hey, man, I'm going to eliminate everybody. And I'm going to work with these aliens, and they're going to give me the keys to the kingdom. I think that's kind of what went down. I mean, he, he killed a whole bunch of people, but I think his ultimate goal was total domination. And um, if you read any books about his negotiations with, you know, before Churchill, you know, he he told Chamberlain, you know, UK Prime Minister, yeah, I'm going to take this these different countries over, Czechoslovakia and all these other countries. You're not going to stop me. And... And he had this, like, mind warp on on the, the... He played... He had this, like, kind of magic voodoo on Chamberlain. He Chamberlain came back and he's like, yeah, Hitler doesn't want to go to war. Well, he said he was going to take over these places, but he doesn't really want to go to war. What? Um, other bullet points from Tompkins. The U.S. government and military began secretly uh, meeting with extraterrestrials during a secret space program in the 1940s. The theory is, is that... We had bases up on the moon by 1955, according to Randy Kramer. By the 1940s, we already had craft that were able to go to the moon and back. And so did the Germans. They were already developing their breakaway civilization. So even though they got defeated here on Earth, they already broke away from Earth and started developing their own uh, programs on Mars and on the moon. Uh, U.S. spies obtained Nazi intelligence that enabled the U.S. to later develop its own fleet of UFOs, which were hidden in the secret space programs using black budgets. Uh, da, 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 da. So, Tompkins received help from Nordic extraterrestrials to develop advanced technologies. He stated that he actually had uh, secretaries that were Nordic secretaries. They were, they were Nordic aliens. Um, And they were, they they could telepathically communicate to him while he was working on these projects. So it made his development in these projects and developing these craft so much faster um, overall. So throughout his career, Tompkins pondered the cosmos and approached problems at work. Um, Sometimes you look through a much larger window. um, You see things in in the third, fourth, and fifth dimension is what his his, uh, colleagues told him. They they revered him. Tompkins. They knew that Tompkins was like on another level with his his um, thought process and intelligence. So I found that fascinating. Um, I am going to bring up a couple pictures in just a moment here if I can. Um, I wanted to keep going on this now. Um, so he states there, there are various extraterrestrials with different agendas holding various levels of control and influence. Um in every interview, William Tompkins emphasized, everything you're told is a lie. He claims that many of the systems and scientists, sciences we pursue, such as astronomy and medicine, have been seeded with lies to trick us. This harks back to the claim that every government on Earth right now is under reptilian control. That's, that's a big, big statement. We're a tightly knit group in the think tank, uh, Advanced Design Engineering Department at Douglas. Sometimes my colleagues, their secretaries and I reconvened after work in one of their apartments close to work where we continued to speculate on the alien intervention. We often exchanged opinions, trying to address the alien's point of view and figure out what their real agenda is. Um, one day upon meeting people from another department, uh, <laughs> his coworker Jim gave him a glance and states, they're not human, those guys seem evil to me. And that tall one gives me the creeps. It wouldn't take much too long... Or he said it would take much too long to explain, but those two are not human. And <laughs> William asked, you know, what do we do? Do we confront them? We must realize the potential consequences of different aliens. Some some with white hats and some with black hats. Complicating it even more. Different extraterrestrials have different agendas. So, I wanted to show you... He actually wrote a book... Um, Chosen by the extraterrestrials, I believe it is. Um, if you want to take a look at that, feel free. I wanted to pull up there. Were, I mean, Guy has done some pretty great episodes on William Tompkins. Um, he actually had a couple spacecraft that were in the episodes, so I wanted to kind of share share those with you guys. A couple of the drafts were uh, shown by Bob Wood, um, who wrote a book on Tompkins and his life. Um, the Solar Warden program was actually one of the programs William Tompkins worked on. Um, he stated that some of the ships that he worked on were spaceship carriers, aircraft carriers for space. And some of them were designed to be destroyers, and some of them were designed to be, you know, small fighters and things like that, and some were personnel carriers. But i got to show you these some of these pictures. and Let me pop this in. This is really interesting. On, guys. So... You know, you've seen Star Wars. I mean, everybody knows the Destroyer, right? That comes on the screen with the very first um, shot in in the first film, right? Was it A New Hope, right? So, let's plug this in, turn that on. Here we go. Uh, one of the craft that he states he developed looks very similar to that, but a little bit more modern. Um, and they used all the same technology, the anti-gravity tech all that stuff. So, let me pull this, if I can pull it over here. Pull it up here. Got to love technology It takes a second. But this one is really cool, and then there's some other ones you can check out in just a second here too. Take a look at this. What does this one remind you of? You know, for all those who are listening in here or listening in, feel free to jump on Spotify. I'm showing fo- some photos here take a look at this bada bing bada boom look at that bad boy what does that look like to you it looks like it looks like the destroyer in the star wars program right or in the star wars movie but there's some other photos too that are really really cool i wanted to show you too um (laughs) i mean look at all these different ships that are available let me see here this is going to pop up over on the screen This one's really cool. Let me see if I can just open it up here. And then can we just open this? Pull it up? I think we can. Um, It shows all these different ships that he worked on when he was a kid. I mean, this guy literally did like... I don't know. It looks like 100 ships that he developed. Um, But let's pull them up here. Look at this shit. It's insane. If you can see the sheer amount of ships... on here look at this You got aircraft carriers you got all kinds of naval destroyers you got zeppelins you got regular planes you got c-130s i think there um you got small p you know smaller p uh p boats and aircraft carriers things like that so he developed a lot of these and then moved on to develop the spacecrafts as well let me pull this back here i can leave this one here and we'll pull this one back over here. So I want to find the right, the really good one though, because I think you'll enjoy it. Um, I, I I've always had a fascination with the designs of spaceships and why they would be designed certain ways. What what reason would there be to have a ship designed one way versus another way? Um, and what's really cool is like even Randy Kramer stated that. William's story is pretty legit because he was actually on, um, oh god, it was the ship, it was USS, or US something, um, Endeavour or something like that, where he was the captain of it. And um, he stated it was kind of basically like a big submarine in space. You know, they didn't have to do a lot to it. He stated in the old days, they literally took submarines and gave them their own gravitational field. And kind of retrofitted them to be a spacecraft. So a lot of the a lot of the things within these these uh, <laughs> submarines were were old school nuts and bolts until they developed you know more modern technology. Um, so I think that that's really interesting. But he stated that he did fly on one of Tompkins' uh, developed spacecraft, um, and so that kind of lends a whole bunch of credence to. Uh, his his whole story um the space aircraft spacecraft carriers are really interesting because they're kind of like the motherships they go out there and then they have these door bay door set open and then they have all these little miniature craft come out and they're like little fighter craft and little drone craft so when you think about like the ufos that come on down and and people see them down here they're not they're not usually mothercraft, right they're just like these like 20-foot in circumference, maybe 40-foot in circumference little craft, those are just like little drone crafts or little you know, transportation crafts that only a couple or two or three aliens use at a time drop down, they get out, they explore, whatever, they abduct somebody and come, go back. These, Those are small craft. There's a mothership up there that has huge capability and potential to be an entire city within it. And that's what um, Tompkins talked about, too, is that he had to not only develop Aircraft carriers, spacecraft carriers, but he also had to develop it to be a city that could be lived in for extended periods of time. If they were going to go out into space and to fare into space, and if they were going to go fight Mars or you know the Mars Germans, or if they were going to go past Mars, they had to have the capability to to go that far, to be out in space, to be out in space for long periods of time, to house tons of supply equipment, to house all kinds of necessary. Um, you know, other supplies that they would need for these trips. So it was really, 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 really fascinating stuff. Um, unfortunately Tompkins died in 2017, but he did give us a lot of information about, um, you know, what he did, why he was recruited, how he was recruited, um, and where he worked. And he specifically talked about all these different, uh, military contracting companies that worked right for the, right for the, um, uh, government yeah this is yeah this is pretty cool so like you know if we take this one over let me pop this one over just so you can see this one's really kind of neat here let's let's just bring this over so look at this one like this would be like your your standard sub right not you know this is a this is another st- style of sub but this sub could be used just for an aircraft you know for a spacecraft if you take a look at the design of it you know check that design out you know It does look like kind of like a a standard sub, and this is like kind of like the spacecraft version, you know. Or they could just take these, give them their own gravitational field, weaponize them a little bit more, and boom, they're spacecraft. That's it. Because anything that they put on it is going to have a gravitational field around it that protects it. It's a created gravitational field, just like Bob Lazar talked about, where the the ball in the middle of the craft creates a gravitation pull around the entire craft so that it's basically in its own dimension so nothing else can touch nothing else can phase it uh or at least the people that are in it they can't be phased by external forces the craft itself can get hit um you know even if it has a shield it can get hit and knocked knocked over but the people inside of it aren't going to be you know knocked around unless the shield fails and the entire power system fails so really interesting stuff. I'm going to let you guys go. I just wanted to kind of show you that, show you the fact that there is a guy out there that states he developed these. There's other confirmation that he worked for the government. There's another confirmation that one of the whistleblowers, Randy Kramer, states that he he actually flew and captained one of these ships uh, that he obtained information on through hypnotic regression. So a lot of this stuff, you know, has been, has been backed up by other people's, uh, testimony. So anyway, guys, I hope you're having a great day. Take care of yourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally, follow through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always continue to question the universe around you until next time, guys, take care locked on universe out. Oh, go like, follow, share, subscribe. Thanks. Share, 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 share. Bye.